I, uh, I'm going to give you a bit of a background first because chapter 7 is all about a defeat of God's people at a place called Ai. So before that, God had promised all the people that they're going to have a land. They're going to have the promised land to go in. They're going to have to go in and conquer it. And uh, in the beginning of that passage in chapter 1, naturally, of Joshua, God said, be strong and be courageous. Because everything that he was going to face, every challenge, every circumstance, every king, every giant was going to need courage and strength to be defeated. And the first place that they destroyed or had victory over, I believe, was the place of Jericho. And God said, go up. He said, I've given you the land. And he said in uh, chapter 6, in verse 2, he said, The Lord said to Joshua, See, I've given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty man of Allah. So they went up and they conquered Jericho. They marched around seven times. You know the story well. And the walls of Jericho fell and they conquered. But previously to Jericho, they had said, God had said to the people, there are certain things in that land that you're not to touch, accursed things. God said, don't touch them. Anyway, a man by the name of Achan, and I preached on this a number of months ago, took what wasn't valid or allowed or permitted to take. And the result of that in chapter 7 was a defeat in the next place that they were to conquer, which was Ai. And reading in verse 5, this is when the men came up to, to spy out the land um, and then men were given to go down to this place at Ai. And in verse 5 it says, The men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for they chased them from before the gates as far as Shebarim and struck them down on the descent. Therefore the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening, he and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all? To deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? All that we would have been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns his back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the, all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off your name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? Verse 10, So the Lord said to Joshua, Get up, why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned and they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. For they've taken, they've even taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived and they've also put it among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies but turn their backs before their enemies because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed thing, the accursed from among you. Get up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow because thus says the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. And my message today is, there's a, um, there's a lyric in a particular song. It's, um, by your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. And it's a real powerful lyric because although God had given the land to Joshua and the people although God was with them they still faced giants they still faced discouragement and they still faced defeat and for you and I today you know often people 
speak to people, they're surprised or they're shocked that they've come under some sort of attack or they've, you know, they've fallen in some way. But, you know, we have enemies to defeat and there's things that are going to come up against us that we actually have to endure, things that we have to overcome. There's tribulations, there's pressures, there's suffering. This is all part of the kingdom that we walk in. And so don't be surprised that at times you will be discouraged and you will be defeated. And Joshua, in this place, he's on his face in verse 10. The Lord said to Joshua, get up, why do you lie thus on your face? So he had, 36 men of his men had been defeated before him, although God had given him a promise. Uh, Little did he know that it was because of one man's sin that the defeat took place. But this discouragement, this was a, a bitter disappointment that Joshua suffered. And uh, he is in that place on his face asking God why. And there are times in our lives where we are going to be in that place too, where we are downtrodden, we are discouraged, and we're dismayed. And that's a, that's a part of life. But what we choose to do in those times it's going to be the difference between us rising up or being, remaining, rather, defeated. And God said to him, get up. He didn't speak to his disappointment. He didn't speak to what he was saying, but he just said, get up. And you see, whenever we come into that place where we face a challenging situation, where we may feel like we are discouraged or dismayed we have a choice because in that place Joshua decided in verse 7 to speak out he decided to prophesy negatively he said alas Lord God why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us all that we would have been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan so he completely forgot all that he'd not only see God do through Canaan, but he also forgot the promises that God had made to him. In chapter 1, I'll look at that later, but he said that he would be with God, he would be with Joshua rather. And he makes the same promise to us in the end of Matthew 28. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But it's so important that when we come and we're facing something of a challenging situation that we actually don't fall into despondency. We don't fall into dismay. And I want to tell you what dismay means. It, dismay comes in. It's, dismay is a bit like discouragement. You'll be discouraged and then you'll fall into dismay. Dismay comes in when you consider your own resources and you look within and decide that you are not strong enough. That's when dismay comes. When you're looking like Joshua did in the natural, looking at the circumstances that you're faced with and you think it's just too much. I don't have the strength or the resources to deal with this. But God doesn't expect us to. He's given us his Holy Spirit. He's given us his promise. Like he did to Joshua, he gave him the promises. And what we have today is the, such an importance on the words that we speak. When we're faced with challenges, that we don't actually speak out in, in the negative and go, oh, I just... I just can't do it anymore. Oh, this thing's too hard. Oh, this child's too difficult. And you just speak out in the flesh what your natural eye sees. Because that sows 
unbelief. That sows into your heart doubt. And the Bible says in Proverbs that death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat of its fruit. So you've got, a power, you've got a, an opportunity to speak life or you've got an opportunity to speak death. And it's your choice. Now you might say, well, it is difficult what I'm going through. It is challenging. I am suffering. I do have this pain. Or I am waiting for God to do this and I'm not seeing it. I am facing this challenging situation. That is the truth. You are. But see, that is a reality but there's a greater reality that God expects us to walk into. In, in Romans, in Romans chapter 4, in, he says, um, I think it's in Romans chapter 4, he says that God gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. See, God expects us to speak words of faith. He wants to affirm and give us words to speak over our lives for our present day situation. There's an ultimate reality. There's, an, there's a greater reality than what we're facing right now. Like I said, God says that he, where there is death, he'll give us life. Where there seems to be hopelessness, he wants to give us hope. He wants to give us hope in those challenging situations because for Joshua, he had the promise. And in chapter 1 verse 9, he says, God says to Joshua, have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage and do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So we have the same promise in Matthew 28 that God will never leave us nor forsake us. And that is so important for us to know that in what I just read out, that's the most, one of the most repeated commandments that we not be afraid. But he says, be strong and of good courage do not be afraid nor dismayed. So we don't actually have the right to be dismayed because God has given us this ability to overcome. The Bible says that we are overcomers. It says in Romans 8.37, Yet in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Through him. That word conquerors means you can say overcomer. So we, you and I, as Christians, are more than overcomers through him who loved us. So what does that mean? Well, John 16.33 says, These things I have spoken to you, this is Jesus' words, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation or pressure, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So if Jesus has overcome the world and you and I are in him, then we too have overcome the world. See, we have the Holy Spirit in us. He was given to us to help us, to strengthen us in the time of need. He's the one who wants to lead us through every situation, every challenge that we're faced with. But we've got to yield to that. And we've actually got to make a decision whether or not we want to wait and let God strengthen us. Because when we don't, we can be in that place where I can't do this, I can't fix this, this is not working. It could be in ministry, it could be an expression of your mouth or your thoughts regarding you being a husband or father, a wife or a mother, that it, this is just too difficult, I can't do this, I'm not living up to what God's called me to do. But you see, just as God gave Joshua 
that promise that he still gives us today that we can stand on, we can actually stand firm in what God has promised for us. Because the basis for Joshua being strong and courageous, if you look in chapter 1, he said, At the start of Joshua, he says, I am with you, Joshua. Moses is gone. I'm going to be with you now. And he says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, he says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For this people you shall divide as an inheritance a land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So the basis of God's command to Joshua to be strong, to be courageous, was the basis of knowledge because he says to him in verse 8, to meditate, to meditate on it. So knowing on the basis that God is with us, the basis that God is with us, that is the basis for which we have strength and courage. Because he says to Joshua, I will not leave you nor forsake you. So that is the basis for us today, that we have a trust in him, that he won't leave us nor forsake us. But also that he has the promises like he does to, like we do today. He says to Joshua that you are to meditate in it. You are to meditate in the book. So you are to know the word of God. You are to know the word of God. And you are to do it. In verse 8 he says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you, shall, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. So the first basis is knowing that God is with you. The second basis is knowing and trusting in the promises of God. So when we are in that place, maybe we're on our face. Before we can get up as God commanded Joshua twice to do, before we can rise ourselves up, we've got to actually know the promises of God. When we're in that place of defeat, maybe we're in that place of dismay, we're in that place of discouragement where we can't actually see the future going forward, but we actually get in that place and we stand on the promises of God. We actually start to, instead of speaking out negatively, instead of speaking out what we just see in the natural and just go, oh, it's all hopeless, I'm, I'm never going to win at anything, I'm never going to be doing anything. You actually start speaking the word and the promises of God over your life, over your circumstances. The, Psalm 55 verse 22, I, I repeat this one regularly because I love it. It says, cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. So you're in a place and you've got the heaviness and stress of work. You've got family pressures. Maybe you've got ministry pressures as well. It's all getting too much. In the natural, it just seems too much. And you go, no, 
I'm not even going to begin to think that or let alone speak that. I'm going to reject that and I'm going to stand on your faithfulness, Lord. Your promise says that if I cast my burden on the Lord, that you will sustain me and you will never allow the righteous to be moved. So I'm going to stand on that promise. I'm going to stand on the promise of Matthew 28 that you said you would never leave me nor forsake me. I may feel like I'm alone right now, but Lord, you promised that you would never leave me nor nor, um, forsake me. I'm going to stand on your faithfulness. I'm going to stand on your promises that you are going to pull me out of this place that I'm in. And it's going to be by faith. It's going to be by faith that you do that. Because there's another instance. See, Joshua had a, a victory in Jericho, but the next one became a defeat. And we too in the Christian life are going to have victories, but we're also going to have defeats. We're going to have mountaintop victories. We're going to have valleys. And uh, in 1 Kings 19, this is a time when Elijah had a great victory. God had used him mightily to destroy the, uh, the altar of Baal. He, all the prophets had been shown up that their God was false. And there was a mighty move of God in that place. And straight after that, that's the context, but the king of that place, Ahab, told his wife Jezebel, all that Elijah had done. And it says that Elijah ran for his life in verse 3. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Bathsheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed there that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I'm no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. See, this man, Elijah, he just had that great victory. The next day or shortly after, he's in a place and he's running for his life into the wilderness. And often we can do the same thing. When we're challenged with something and we haven't drawn on God, we haven't stand firm on his promises... We don't know the promises, let alone stand on them, that we can actually flee like Jonah did, like Elijah did. He ran for his life into the wilderness. And that discouragement that he was facing, it turned into self-pity and then it turned into hopelessness because he said, I might die and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life for I'm no better than my father's. So this man was incredibly destroyed by that word, but God raised him up. God raised him up after that. He fed him, and he still had a purpose for him. And see, we can, like this man, Elijah, we can take refuge when we don't know how to handle situations. We can take refuge in sleep, like Jonah did. He took refuge in sleep. We can take refuge in food, because we just don't know how to deal with it. We just want to numb our senses. We can take refuge in drugs, You can even take refuge in movies, just binge watching movies just to numb your mind so you don't have to think about what you're challenged with. But today I want to give you what God says because, you know, we can't do it in our own strength. It is only through the strength and the courage that God will give you and I that we can actually walk through every obstacle and every challenge in life that we will too become overcomers because you and I are overcomers. You may not feel like you're an overcomer, but you are. God said to Joshua, be strong. You might say, 
I don't feel strong. He didn't say feel strong. He said be strong because it's all by faith. We don't walk by emotions. We don't walk by feeling. We walk by faith. We walk by faith. Jesus said in, in 1 John 5, 4, regarding our faith and overcoming, he said, for whatever is born of God, this is 1 John 5, 4, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. We are, that's you and I, we are born of God. We are sons and daughters. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. He who overcomes the world, who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So we have great promises that God's given us. We have this word, but not only that, in, in Psalm 27, we actually have the way in which we can Walk this out. In, uh, in Psalm 27, verse 13, this is a Psalm of David. He said, he began with, I would have lost heart. See, we, uh, we feel like we are being consumed if we don't believe. That's just so important that we believe, we have the faith. He said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And he goes on to say, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So in that place, like David, he said, I would have lost heart. He didn't. His remedy was, unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. See, God has been so good to us. God has given us not only his Holy Spirit, he's given us his word He's given us his Holy Spirit to speak Rima words that, that we have, we can have personally, daily. See, the goodness of the Lord, the mercy of God will keep us. The goodness of God is his strength. The goodness of God is to lift us up when we're down in that pit, just like David. And he said, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. See, what we were doing here in worship, that's a beautiful picture of just waiting and worship and praise. We were just waiting. And God's spirit, his presence was so manifest. And we're just waiting on the Lord. That's what we do at home. Waiting, because in that place, in his presence, that's when we are strengthened. That's when we are strengthened. And we so need to be strengthened and we so need to be encouraged. Where does it come from? Where does our courage come from? It's taken courage in knowing that we can trust in God. Now that sounds pretty straightforward, but we take courage that God will strengthen our hearts. Again, it's by faith that we come into all that God has given us, all that he's promised us. See, we don't have to be like Joshua, we can actually walk victoriously. We can look, walk completely victoriously, depend, regardless of what we are faced with, whatever challenges that come our way. It might be something in your personal life that no one else knows about. But you see, when we actually give it to the Lord and we actually wait on the Lord, we stand on His promises. They are yes and amen. 
He then comes in. The Bible says that He arms us with strength and makes our way perfect. See, these are some of the promises that we can stand on, that we can actually, by faith, receive. Instead of speaking words of unbelief, instead of speaking words of doubt, instead of speaking words of failure, we can say, it is well. It is well. If I'm going through something, I just don't choose to speak it out. I just, and I'm not joking, I, I say it is well. Just like I think it's, I forget her name, one of the widows or in 1 Kings 2.9. That one. Shunammite woman, it is well. She was suffering horrifically. How are you? She said, it is well. It is well. That's our, that should be the affirming words of our lips because that is what hope is. It is well. Maybe at which facing a challenging situation, but it is well. And, you know, we are, as Christians, we are to put on, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, as a helmet, our salvation. Put on as a helmet, the salvation. Which means our hope or our salvation, it stands or falls with hope. And, and having hope is being optimistic. See, being a pessimist, being a pessimist is a denial of your faith. We don't have the right to be pessimistic. We have, a, we have a Jesus who's risen. We have the Holy Spirit who's not only in us, but is with us and upon us. We have the faithfulness of God. We have the promises of God. There is no chance that we can stand in a place where we are pessimistic. Because that completely denies all that, denies all that Jesus has done. See, the Bible says our hope is like an anchor. When we... When we choose to focus on Jesus instead of our circumstances, He is our hope. That hope, like the anchor, it passes through. Like a boat passes through the anchor, it goes through the water. That water represents like the world. It's like an unstable element. But it hits rock bottom. It hits the rock. The, who's the rock? It's Jesus. So although the boat on the surface might be moving, it's anchored in. That is the hope we have. It's in Jesus Christ. And he says, I have overcome the world. You and I have overcome the world because we are in him. And I think that's good news because we have to guard our minds. We have to guard our minds. We have to affirm what is true from the word of God. We cannot afford to speak out what we see in the natural, in our circumstances. If you're going through something, you need to share that with someone. That's fine. But you just don't prophesy over your life because, like I said, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it shall eat of its fruit. So I want to encourage you today that just as God raised up Joshua, just as he continued to use him despite what happened, that today you can actually be encouraged that whatever you're facing, you don't actually have to receive it. You, can, you don't actually have to be in that place of dismay, despondency. You don't have to rely on your own strength or your own wisdom or your own resources. You can actually stand on the faithfulness of God like Joshua did. You can actually rise above your circumstances because you can overcome. You can overcome every challenge you're facing with. You can overcome. I'm not, I'm not, God's saying you can overcome. According to his word, he says you can overcome. So I believe whatever you're going through, whatever challenge, whatever ashes you have, God wants to raise them to defeat, raise them to um, victory. 
Wherever you are defeated, God wants to raise you up, but you've got to make a decision. Just like God told Joshua, you've got to actually get up. You cannot lay on your face despondent anymore. So I want to, um, I want to close there, but I want to, I want to finish by saying if you, have, if you have something that you're struggling with and you want prayer for that, maybe you're in a place of dismay, maybe you want to come before God and just release everything to Him. We have a, a prayer team who will pray for you if you come forward. And know that God will actually lift you up because He's faithful. He will lift you up out of that place. I know He's done it for me. He's done it for me recently. But you've got to rely on Him. You've got to rely on Him. So, Lord, I want to thank You for Your promises, Lord. I want to thank You, Lord, they are yes and amen. I want to thank You for Your faithfulness. Lord, I thank You that You see every challenge. Lord, and you remember and you see every tear, you see every heart, you see, Lord, every person's struggles. And Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, that is your great love for us, Lord, that you want to respond to that and minister to that. Lord, I'm asking, Lord, today, where people are despondent, Lord, where people are, Lord, in those ashes, they are in the dust on their face. I'm asking, Lord, today, Lord, that you would revive them. Lord, you would revive them according to your word. Lord, those souls that melt from heaviness, I'm asking, Lord, you would revive them according to your word. Lord, those, those people, Lord, who are discouraged, I'm asking right now, Lord, that you would raise them up. Raise them up, Lord, out of the ashes of defeat. Lord, raise them up to victory. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that each and every one of us here, Lord, are overcomers because of what you have done, Lord Jesus. We are overcomers, Lord. And I declare, Lord, today, every person, Lord, shall walk out of this room and overcome it. They shall know your faithfulness. They shall know, Lord, that they are, Lord, in you, Lord Jesus. And you have overcome the world. I thank you, Lord, that no challenge, Lord, no challenge shall set them back. Lord, nothing, no mountain, Lord, shall befall them. But, Lord, they shall rise. They shall rise up, Lord, because, Lord, you are the God that gives strength. You are the God that builds courage in us. So I ask right now for fresh courage. I ask for fresh hope right now that you would renew hope in people's minds, Lord, where they have lost hope. I'm asking you would renew that hope for every person today. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So come forward. If you want someone, one of the prayer team to pray for you, come forward.